The Wallabies may be tipping a Kiwi as their new head coach, but it's not who we thought. Meanwhile, Super Rugby heads to Japan, where, let's face it, many of their players already are. And finally, as the URC heads into its holiday break, Season 3 of this podcast heads to the history books. Let's get to it. Hey everybody and welcome to the November 27, 2023 edition of the Rugby Report, your weekly recap and preview podcast of all things rugby. My name is Dwayne Burkhardt and in this episode, Rugby Australia may indeed be crossing the Tasman in their search for a new head coach, but it's not the Foz. Next, the Kiwi invasion of Japan continues and I think I know why. We'll also cover the weekend action in the URC, including a disastrous start to my predictions, but good news, I then stage an impressive comeback. And finally, well, it's that time of year again, folks. It's time to say so long. But we'll start in the land down under, where media reports suddenly shifted this week, and rumors are flying that Rugby Australia is now set to name former All Blacks assistant coach Joe Schmidt as the new Wallabies head coach. Schmidt, who led the Irish through both their 2015 and 2019 World Cup campaigns, and who is said to have been a key part of Ian Foster's team, is highly regarded in the game, and is currently unemployed, as he stepped down when the Foz was replaced by Scott Robertson following the RWC earlier this month, when, of course, the All Blacks came oh so close to winning the World Cup, before the TMO decided that rules were for sissies. Still, to be clear, no formal announcement regarding Schmidt or anyone else yet has been made, and several other names, most notably Dan McKellar, are also in the mix. Meanwhile, Air New Zealand has just announced additional new non-stop service to Tokyo. Actually, I don't know if they're doing that or not, but they certainly should, because in addition to the steady stream of players who are already en route from New Zealand to Japan, a couple of entire Super Rugby teams have now announced that they will be playing 2024 preseason games in the land of the rising sun. The Blues and the Chiefs will begin their 2024 campaigns by each playing a pair of games against the top four teams in the Japan One League. The trip was supposed to include the Chiefs and the Crusaders, the two top teams in Super Rugby last season, but the Crusaders had already inked a preseason deal in Europe, so the Blues, the number three team in the league last year, are filling in. In a joint statement from NZR and the Japan Rugby Football Union, it was clear that the event is intended to become a fixture in the coming years, and for the record, I think I know why. As many of you know, back in 2020, South Africa made the sad but frankly sensible decision to take their teams out of Super Rugby and align instead with the URC, a league which, thanks to the rotational direction of the earth, simply makes far more sense for them to be a part of. But since that time, Super Rugby has frankly suffered on the international stage, and the absence of a third group of teams from another nation has frankly made the competition less exciting and more predictable. My suspicion is that these preseason excursions into Japan are a test run to see if integrating Japan 1 into Super Rugby will make dollars and cents for the two leagues, and if it does, don't be surprised if we see a rather dramatic change to Super Rugby in the coming years. But let's head to Europe now and check in on the action in the URC this weekend, where, well, my predictions did not have a good start. Round 6 began Friday night in Cardiff, 
where my favorite Welsh side, the Cardiff Blues, hosted the DHL Stormers. As I have noted repeatedly on this podcast, the Stormers have been more like a drizzle so far this season, but against the Blues, they did at least find the try line. In fact, they found it twice in the first 15 minutes, opening a 14-0 lead. But the Blues, who I have previously described as the most well-named team in the league this year, were apparently motivated by my calling them out, as if any of them knew, and while their defense was clearly late to the game, 15 minutes late to be precise, they absolutely did get it in gear, and from that moment on, the Blues slowly but surely battled their way back into this game. Still, it was 17-14 Stormers at the half, and the Stormers did score first in the second half, advancing their lead to 24-14. But that was all the more that the Stormers could do. The Blues, clearly motivated by the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who this weekend, and yes, I'm totally making that up, but who cares? The Blues scored just minutes later, then tied the score in a De Beer penalty kick, and then, most dramatically in extra time, scored the game-winning try in minute 81 to shock the Stormers and come away with the upset win. Full-time score, Blues 31, Stormers 24. Meanwhile, up in the Scottish capital, a massively improved Edinburgh side was hosting the Cardiac Kids from Benetton. And in this game, it was Edinburgh that quickly leaped out to a 14-0 lead and took a 19-10 lead into the break. But it was Healy's missed conversion kick on Edinburgh's third try just before the half that would come back to haunt the men in kilts. Benetton blasted out of the sheds and scored in the first two minutes of the second half, closing the game to two points. But the Scots responded when Healy redeemed himself with a penalty kick in the 54th minute to extend the lead to five. But Edinburgh, a team that has surprised to the upside in nearly every game this year, was no match for the Cardiac Kids, who scored the game-winning try in minute 67, and Umaga made the conversion kick, and that was the difference in the game, as Edinburgh loses a heartbreaker at home, and Benetton continues its campaign to finally make it into the postseason this year. The full-time score, Edinburgh 22, Benetton 24. Saturday's action began with a trio of games in South Africa, and, well, let's just say that it was a really good day for South African rugby. The day began in Joburg, where the hometown Lions, who have not played to their potential all year, finally had a chance to simply unload on an opponent. And they did. The Lions hosted Zebra Parma, a team that hadn't lost in three weeks. And that's something that they haven't been able to say during a rugby season for years. But that streak was about to come to a dramatic end. This game was 28-0 to the Lions before you could blink. And it didn't get any better for Zebra after that. It was carnage on the field. The Lions offense roared as they exploded for nine tries in this game. And the full-time score was Lions 61. Zebra. 19. Ow! And that wasn't the only ouch-inducing game of the day. Over in Pretoria, the Bulls were similarly taking on a Connacht team that had largely been pretty darn impressive so far this season, but not in this game. The Bulls simply manhandled the Irish in this one, and their offense, which has generally been a lot of fun to watch so far, 
Well, they did it again, repeatedly, scoring seven tries. And those were just the ones that were counted. Connick scored late to make it look less depressing, but it was still plenty depressing for the boys in pink. And yes, the color of their kit for this game was pink. Full-time score, Bulls 53, Connacht 27. Finally, the Durban Sharks completed the South African trifecta as they hosted the Dragons. As I've noted, the Sharks have had a disastrous start to their 2023-2024 campaign, and they came into this match having not notched a single win all season. But like the Lions, the Sharks were due. And when all of that energy is finally released, well, you get a game like this one. Seriously, games like this make me think that the URC should have a mercy rule. The Sharks weren't just dragon slayers. They were dragon flayers, ringing up 10. That's right, 10 tries in this game. I already felt sorry for the Dragons, and I still feel that there's potential in their team if they could just make a few adjustments and play some level of defense. But this game was nothing short of a good old-fashioned butt-kicking, and the Dragons are in trouble. Full-time score, Sharks 69. Dragons, 14. And yes, that is worthy of an ouch and a whoa from me. Later on Saturday, we hopped up to Europe for a couple of key matchups. The first was an all-Irish affair between a suddenly resurgent Leinster side and the Munster men in beautiful Aviva Stadium. And this game was, as advertised, a hard-fought battle between two good teams. Munster scored early and took a 10-0 lead, but after crossing the try line in the opening minutes, they couldn't do it again all night. And Leinster, as they have repeatedly done in recent weeks, simply and patiently waited for their opportunities, and when they got them, they made the most of them. It was 14-10 Leinster at the break, and after a decidedly defense-dominated second half, the full-time score, Leinster 21, Munster 16. And finally, on Saturday, Glasgow hosted Ulster in a game where both Glasgow teams showed up. First up was the not-so-great Glasgow team, as Ulster started the game with two tries in 10 minutes, and bingo, it was 14-0 Ulster. But after spotting them a couple of tries, the Warriors' defense woke up and didn't give up another try all night. While, on offense, they then scored five tries of their own leaving us with a full-time score of Glasgow 33, Ulster 20. And then this morning's game, well, it was morning here in the Western USA, but it was a dark night indeed for the Scarlets as they traveled to rainy Swansea.com Stadium to face the Ospreys. This really was the nasty weather game of the week, but as I and others have noted many times, both teams play in the same nasty weather, and you either adjust or you don't. And the Scarlets didn't. Both teams had their opportunities in this game, but where the Scarlets seemed to squander and bumble theirs, the Ospreys capitalized and ran with the ones they were given. The final score is a little worse than the game, but it's not like this contest was ever in doubt. And the full-time score was Ospreys 31, Scarlets 9. So, I started out 0-2 this weekend, but then went on a perfect 6-0 run after that, 
And that brings me to 6-2 on the weekend and lifts me to 33-13 on the season. Looking ahead now to round 7 in the URC, which is also the last round before the URC enters its winter break, on Friday, Munster will return home to face the Glasgow Warriors in a game where, once again, it all depends on which Warriors team shows up. Munster will undoubtedly still be stinging from their narrow loss to Leinster, while the Warriors walk in at the top of the table. Of course, being on the top of the table has been a curse more than a blessing so far this season, but will the Warriors follow that pattern or finally be the team to break it? They'll break it. As I've noted, the Warriors have driven me nuts with their play this year, but their ability to play through adversity in games has convinced me that they have the mental toughness necessary to go on the road and win this game. It won't be easy, but the Warriors will prevail. Warriors win. Saturday's action will begin when the Bulls host the Sharks in the first all-South African game in weeks. Both of these teams scored blowout wins last week, but only one will do it twice in a row. And it will be the Bulls. No question. The Sharks finally won and won big, but they didn't do it against a team like the Bulls. And my bet is that the Sharks' defense will not be up to taking on the Bulls' offense. I predict, then, that the Bulls will trample the Sharks. Later in the day, my Cardiff Blues will take on the Scarlets. The Blues are coming off a frankly surprising win, while the Scarlets were just plain embarrassed in their outing against the Ospreys this morning. This is kind of one of those somebody-has-to-win kind of games, but I have to give the nod to the Blues at home. The Blues go on a win streak here, and they take the Scarlets at home. Blues win. Next up, the Lions remain at home in Joburg for the second week in a row, this week welcoming the Dragons into their den. And, sadly for the Dragons, it will be another really rough week for them. The Lions will roar again, and they will feast on dragon meat. Lions win, and don't be surprised if it isn't the Lions' second blowout win in a row. We'll hop up to Europe for the next game, where Ulster will host Edinburgh in what could be a really, really good game. These teams come into the game currently 4th and 5th, respectively, in the comp, and Ulster will be at home. But Edinburgh has been in a lot of close games this year, and more often than not, they've come out on top. So yes, this might once again be me making a family loyalty pick here, but I'm going to call this one as a surprising upset and say that Edinburgh goes into Kingspan Stadium and shocks Ulster. The Scots win. Next up, we go back to South Africa for what is definitely the somebody-has-to-win game of the week, as the DHL Drizzle, and I'm going to resist calling them the Stormers again until they play like it, finally return home to face Zebra Parma. After breaking one of the worst losing streaks in league history recently, Zebra got completely dismembered in their game against the Lions this past weekend. Can they bounce back against a team that has definitely been as inconsistent as the weather? Well, they can. But the Stormers are at home. And I once again have to believe that a team that finished near the top of the table last year can at least beat Zebra at home. So I'm calling this one for the Stormers, but be advised, if I'm wrong, and Zebra wins this game, don't be at all surprised if there are big changes in the Stormers' management sooner rather than later. Seriously, 
If a coaching job in this league is on the line right now, it's this one. We move back to Europe for the last two games of the weekend, starting with an all-Irish matchup between Connacht and Leinster. And just because Leinster is suddenly playing like their last season selves again does not mean that they can just waltz into the sports ground and take down Connacht. Connacht has won some major victories at home in recent years, games just like this, games when frankly their competition was statistically far better than them. Also, the last time that they were ranked 7th and their opponent was ranked 2nd was in round 1 of last year's playoffs. And we all know how that went. Okay, maybe not everyone knows, so I'll tell you, Connacht won that game. But with all of that said, and knowing that Connacht is my favorite Irish side, right now, Leinster is really playing some lights-out rugby, and I just don't see them losing this game. So, much as it pains me, I think Leinster takes this game on the road. Finally, Benetton returns home to face the Ospreys, The Ospreys have been unpredictable this year, and they've been pesky at home. But to call Benetton exciting this season would be a dramatic understatement. I predict that this game will be closer than it should be, because I think Benetton should win this game easily. But ultimately, and most likely in heart-stoppingly familiar fashion, Benetton will, once again, find a way, and they will win this game at home. Benetton wins. Finishing, as we usually do, with a quick check on the Premiership now, the weekend began with something of a shocker for me, as the Northampton Saints went marching in and handed the Harlequins their second straight loss. Although this one was a close one. Full-time score, Saints 36, Harlequins 33. Friday's nightcap was another close one, as the Sail Sharks came from behind to win their third in a row, downing Bath 11-9. Saturday's action began in Kingholm, where Gloucester dropped its third straight, while the Leicester Tigers notched their second in a row. Full-time score, 38-20 to the Tigers. Later in the day, a game that, for a while anyway, looked like it was going to be one of the shockers of the season, as the Bears led at the half. But in the end, the Saracens came from behind and beat the Bears. Full-time score, 39-31 to the Saracens. And finally, just a few hours ago, in Newcastle, the Falcons, who led at the break and were in a position to win yet another game that would have been a frankly surprising upset, couldn't score to save their lives in the second half, and the Exeter Chiefs could. So it's the Chiefs who win their second in a row, while the Falcons drop their third straight. The full-time score, 20-14 Chiefs. And that, my friends brings us to the bittersweet end of Season 3 of The Rugby Report. As we did it this time last year, we will now pause our coverage of all things rugby for our annual holidays and winter break. Season 4 of The Rugby Report will premiere in mid-February of 2024 with our special annual preview coverage of both the MLR and Super Rugby Pacific Leagues. We will also, of course, resume our coverage of the URC at that time and for the first time, because once again, so many players from New Zealand are now playing there, we will begin our coverage of the remainder of the Japan One League rugby season. Until then, seriously, 
a very special thank you to all of you for listening. It has been my great pleasure to bring you the Rugby Report, and I look forward to doing it all over again in just a few months. Until next time, remember that all you need in life is love. But a little rugby sure helps too. See you next time. This episode of The Rugby Report is the 2023 copyrighted property of Narratives, LLC. It is intended for the free, private, and non-commercial use of its listeners only and may not be rebroadcast or retransmitted either in whole or part without written permission. Please email info at narrativesllc.com for more information.